The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman joins us today from FC Stone as we take a look at the happenings starting on the grain complex. Obviously, corn and wheat saw some lower numbers. It was higher on the soybeans. Strength of the dollar. Marlon, that seems to be one of the hot topics in these commodities today. Uh, it really is. And, uh, you know, years ago we always talked about um, the strength of the dollar or the weakness of the dollar and its impact on the commodity sector. And over the last year it really hasn't been much of a factor, so we haven't talked about it much. And that's largely because the dollar has just been chopping around sideways and really couldn't find any direction. Um, but suddenly here, about a little over two weeks ago, it started a move to the upside. It looked like it had some staying power. And, in fact, today went to new 16-month highs, and the dollar index did. And when that started happening, commodity traders took notice because no longer was the dollar just bouncing around in a trading range. It had some purpose and direction to it, and that started creating some headwinds. Uh, We consider a strong correlation being something where a a correlation, statistical correlation of 0.7 to 1. If you have a perfect correlation of 1, that means as A goes up one unit, B goes up one unit. Uh, Or if you have a negative correlation of 1, as A goes up one unit, B goes down one unit. And we typically think of the dollar makes us less competitive on the global market, a strong dollar does. So as the dollar goes higher, the funds are selling the commodities because of that disadvantage and vice versa. And so for much of this year, we've been looking at very weak correlations, but suddenly over the past uh, 10, 11 days, that correlation has, for the CRB index, which is <clears throat> excuse me, a basket of commodities, has jumped over 0.9, minus 0.9. So that's a very strong correlation. Uh, for corn, it's minus 0.73 over the last 10 days. Uh, if we look at soybeans, it's minus 0.93. So the correlation has really jumped. Very similar correlations for wheat as well. Soybeans did make it higher today, even with the stronger dollar. That's more of a corrective bounce type of thing. Funds holding out hope that maybe there will be a trade deal with China after the midterm elections. A nickel bounce isn't much when you look at how far soybeans have come down. It just says that they're a little reluctant to to add to short positions until they know more after the midterm elections. But overall, we saw the commodity complex feel this pressure, and even those commodities that rallied really struggled to sustain those rallies. Well, you talk about uh, the way, obviously, the dollar and and China and all this trade dispute has played in on the markets. Really, the grains are doing much better than what we thought they would be, you know, even two months ago when we looked ahead to harvest and, and the pressure that was there. Yeah, absolutely. And particularly when you look at, for the most part, the September lows have held. And that's very rare to see. Occasionally you'll get a September low, um, but they don't generally get the harvest low in September. Now, we're heading back down for a possible retest of those lows, and that may happen. So the September low may not be the bottom, but for now it's holding. I feel a little bit better about corn. I'll feel a lot better if that uh, 360 level holds for December corn 
Uh, if you look at the charts, and I pay attention to charts because virtually every trader in the market pays attention to charts, so they become somewhat self-fulfilling. We've really got a key level of support for December at that 360 level. And if that gives way, then you can make a projection all the way back down to the 342 level for December corn, which is really where our fall harvest low was at. And uh, so there's some risk there. The fund managers are still looking for an opportunity to own corn long time. It's more of a timing issue. Do they do it now? Will they get opportunities at lower prices to build some ownership? That's the primary question that they're uh, uh, trying to decide right now. And uh, how we perform over the next 10 days or so going into USDA crop report will probably be very pivotal. Will we see movement after the midterms toward a trade agreement with China? And uh, will USDA give us support in its balance sheet with the crop report on November 8th? So uh, a real pivotal time ahead for these crops. A lot of anticipation already in place ahead of next Thursday's report. A week from this Thursday, I should say. There really is. And one of the keys is going to be, will USDA lower its yield estimates? Now, if they do, it's not going to be enough to really dynamically change these balance sheets. Um, but... Um, if if they do lower it, then the market starts to say, okay, the most bearish news is probably behind us because we've priced in the worst-case scenario from the trade war with China, and we'll know pretty much that the crop's not even bigger. Why would they lower the yield estimates? Well, as farmers got back into the fields after the heavy rains and snows of earlier that we saw earlier this month in October, uh, they just weren't quite as excited about the yields particularly seeing more losses in soybeans and corn, but we were seeing some losses in both. And so there is a sense that we will see some lower yield estimates. We're currently doing a a survey of our clients to see what they're seeing out there. We'll have those results come out tomorrow. Um, But there is some sense that uh, maybe the worst of the bearish news may be behind us, uh, maybe particularly for corn. Soybeans is still going to have problems without a, a trade agreement with China, and I think even have some problems even if we do get a trade agreement with China longer term. Real quick before we head to break, and we can continue at post uh, break, crop quality concerns? Are you hearing? There are. Uh, we're hearing some anecdotal reports for both corn and soybeans of some sprouting and some quality issues. The bigger concern is soybeans, some some staining in some areas, um, some sprouting, uh, some significant problems in southern Iowa, and then scattered out through other parts of central and western Midwest. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up in just a moment. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us, of course, Arlen Suderman with FC Stone. We look at the markets. We were talking grains before we headed to break, and I asked you about the the quality. Obviously, the demand for U.S. soybeans, it needs to be there with the loss of this China market like we've seen. Does that cause any concern? Because we've got some beans being piled on the ground in some states, some not even out of the fields as of yet. 
Well, it's always a concern because you want to have the best quality uh, product that you can export possible. Uh, because of the price structure, we're still getting most of the non-China business with China looking to South America. Ironically, here over the last couple of weeks, we've seen um, buyers from China really back off of making any purchases for near-term delivery. They do have some new crop supplies that they're harvesting now. They still do have some reserve supplies, and uh, perhaps that's why their local soybean prices have dropped significantly, but yet their soy meal prices have been near record high levels. So crush margins are really strong. You would think there would be good incentive to bring soybeans in, um, but they've simply backed off. They've backed off of buying Canadian beans. They've backed off of buying South American beans and certainly not inquiring about U.S. beans either. They are making inquiries uh, for delivery out of South America for January, February, and March. And we're expecting some uh, Brazilian beans to start being available in January. Um, but uh, China's, Chinese buyers are really backed off near term. Looking at uh, talk of, the, of South America, with their weather concerns, is that going to continue to mount? Or we kind of hit kind of a parallel for them for a while? Well, we've, we've seen very good growing conditions for getting the crop in. The crop has gone in a near record pace, which means an early harvest in Brazil um, in increased area planted to soybeans. So, and it's looking good for yield as well. We have seen a dramatic warming of the waters in the equatorial Pacific over the past week, moving us to uh, moderate El Nino levels. That's much stronger than what was anticipated. That does increase risks as we go through their summer season for possible excessive rains in southern Brazil and into Argentina. So we'll have to watch that. It's not a guarantee of it, but some of the analog years did have that. And if the El Nino remains uh, moderate to more or to stronger levels into their winter, which is you know six months from now, then that can create some problems for the safrina corn crop and create some real yield challenges. So those are things that we're watching. The fact that the soybean crop looks like to be harvested early, weather permitting, will allow the corn crop to get planted then early, and maybe it'll be able to avoid some of those dryness issues. But that would be the biggest risk factor right now. Excessive rain uh, for southern Brazil and Argentina for soybeans, and then maybe excessive dryness for the safrina corn crop down the road. Let's jump over to the livestock side. I've seen a lot of talk, especially today. There's been a lot of movement and discussion about what's been happening, happening that is, with the African swine fever in China. Maybe numbers aren't at the reality that they are that we're being told. Some call it a disruption to this hog market. What are your thoughts? What are you hearing and its effects on the trade here in the United States? Well, I think it's been a supportive factor for the market here, um, but we really haven't seen that significant jump in exports, so we are hoping to see more in 2019. I think that's when we see more of it. The fact that soybean buyers have backed off so much also makes us wonder if maybe the uh, African swine fever may be much worse than what's being reported as well. Um, but overall, um, I still think this is going to be maybe the story in agriculture and for the protein complex in 2019, shifting around uh, where the uh, meat is produced in the world, 55% of the world's hogs currently in China where the disease is, is spreading, uh, and where the soy meal demand, therefore, is as well. Looking at uh, the, the U.S. concerns, though, I mean, does it give us some opportunities maybe to sell some pork to, to areas that we haven't been able to export to in the past? 
Well, this is a two-pronged problem. We look at it as export opportunities. China obviously has no interest in buying from us as long as we have a trade war. But if they buy from our competitors, then the customers who are going to buy from our competitors will come here, much like we've seen all the non-China business basically come here for soybeans. So it can still boost our demand for pork and also for poultry, by the way, as well. And raising prices for both of those then increases demand for beef. So it's supportive all the way around. And and we still look at it being more 2019 issue. There's already a, a pretty good premium built into the uh, the deferred months on both the cattle and on the hogs, uh, pricing some of this in. Now we just need to see how it plays out. But there's also concern that the disease could come to the United States. A lot of producers are no longer talking about uh, if we can keep it away from the United States. It's how long will we be able to keep it away from the United States. And it's going to take some time to develop a vaccine for this uh, African swine fever problem. Lots of stuff to think about as we head into a Thursday trade. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? INTLFCstone.com or twitter.com slash ArlenFF101. And if you want to know what's happening in the markets, keep track of Arlen on Twitter. He'll keep you up to date throughout the trading session. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.